the Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the Synopolis podcast with Danny Smith. Well, Action Max is back once again for another edition of the St. Albans Film Guide. You Hello, Max Hartington. Hello, good to be here. You should have seen me. came crashing through the window today. Yeah, yeah. I do call my own stunts. I call him Action Max because he's got this little lever in the back of his head that turns his eyes from left to right. <laughs> Which, you won't even get that. You're laughing, but you don't I, get I, that, do you? I, I saw it Action as Action Man, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Action Man had the eyes. Yeah, I've got Kung Fu grip and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in, in, in the background, yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. I've, got, I've got a hand. You don't you know that. You just know that from some sort of Disney Pixar-esque thing where they've spoofed it, oh, haven't honestly, you? Honestly, yeah, probably from The Simpsons, actually. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I had Action Men. The Action Grip, yeah. I, I, the last generation that had action, action Men, I'm sure. Okay, well, well done for getting the reference. Yeah. But yes, Max is here once again with another edition, a special bonus edition this month, because this is the fifth Friday in the month that this episode is being released. And so Max uh, does the fifth Fridays as well as the third Fridays. That's me. Yeah. What more could you want for your summer than two doses of me in a month? Yeah, double max. <laughs> big anyway, Max. Big Max, yeah. <laughs> right, okay, Big Max, no fries. That's that's. Uh, we're going to put that on, a, on his tombstone. We've got it. I was going to say on a T-shirt, but tombstone works as well. Yeah, it does really. <laughs> anyway, what we do here on the Film Guide is we look at Max's choice of films, uh, the ones worth watching on free-to-air TV for the week ahead. We'll also look at... Uh, a, a film in a little section we call Max's Action Films, because these are action films that take it to the max. Getting well, better at that now, aren't you? See, it's, you know, the timing, I'm not yeah. trying to overdo it. I'm not, yeah. not absolutely destroying the microphone while I say it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I am. I'm, I'm becoming a bit of a professional, some yeah. could say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Harold Linsky does it first time, no run-up, just saying. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> you, you're trying you, to get this rivalry going you're trying to get it going it's not, you have no idea the things he says about you on, on when he's here no because I have a lot of faith that he doesn't no because you never listen because no, I have a lot of faith no. I, I, I believe in other how people how many times have you listened to this show exactly so anyway uh, we have Max's action films and there's a cracker coming up for you today uh, and before that we have a look at the new releases uh, on uh, streaming services just one from Netflix this week but before that, we have two movies in the cinema. I think we should do them the other way around from how you've got them listed. Good thinking. Okay, so uh, one of the movies out this week, which you will be forgiven for not knowing anything about because no idiot, no one worth their salt is going to release a movie this week because there's a biggie <laughs> coming out. But someone has put up another movie. And so tell us about that one first. Uh, this is, this is, someone's feeling brave with this one. Uh, this is Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. Uh, this is an a- uh, animated kids film about Ruby Gilman, who is a sweet and awkward high school student who discovers she's a direct descendant of the warrior Kraken Queens, related to, you know, Krakens, big sea monsters, eat ships and stuff. Uh, the Kraken are sworn to protect the oceans of the world against the vain, power-hungry mermaids, uh, destined to inherit the throne from her commanding grandmother. Ruby must use her newfound powers to protect those she loves most. Um, this is sort of a it seems like it's sort of inverting what you'd expect from these films it's a okay. kids film where actually mermaids are the big bullies instead and the krakens are the uh, are the good guys okay who is this aimed at who, who, this is a kids one this, this is some people are getting their, um, their, you, their can you do that whole if you like that you'll like this who would be who would be the that uh, in the, in if this? You're, it seems like it's probably if you like minions okay if, you're, if you've got your, your like you know seven eight year old kids this is going to be the film for them um it's because I can see families now falling out when they all go to the cinema this weekend and the little ones want to go and see this. And then one of the parents has to fight over which one goes in to see this <laughs> with them go see while the others go and see the next film we're about to talk about. Because <laughs> the next much. one, people have been anticipating this one for 14 years, 14 maybe, years. since the last uh, one. A little, a little while, I don't know, maybe there was a bit of a pause after the last one. but Or, or 42 years after the first one. Really? 
What do you put it that way? And and this is a franchise that has kept the same cast. Yeah. This um, is a fr- from 42 years ago. It is the same lead actor. Everyone knows which film we're talking about. We might as well just we're, say We're really it. just beating around the bush, aren't we? So yeah. releasing, uh, after this podcast comes out, actually releasing Wednesday of the week that we release this, uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm actually wondering, Max, if we should later. put this out on the Wednesday now. For, well, anyway, we can talk about that later. But ju- just for Indiana Jones. We, we could, because Indiana. the film's already out. The uh, Indie Special. By the time people hear this on the Friday. I'd be fine with that. So, so <laughs> for those who don't know, give us a brief sort of synopsis of Indiana Jones and the of Dial of Destiny. So, uh, Daredevil archaeologist Indiana Jones uh, races against time to retrieve a legendary dial that can change the course of history. Accompanied by his goddaughter, who soon finds himself squaring off against Jürgen Voller, a former Nazi who works for NASA. Mm. Oh. So this this is a real thing, that that um, some of the sort of Nazi scientists were, were recruited, recruited yeah. and worked in America in various yeah. ways. And, and this was a thing that actually did happen. And there's been other yeah. movies and things that have been based on some of and this again, as well. And again, it does sort of show that thing of like Indiana Jones having this... Uh, generational sort of focus on history sort of thing so going through from you know uh what we had world war Two was the big focus in the last crusade wasn't it this sort of well it was all that so the first three movies were set in the 30s yeah. in prior to world war Two. Yeah, yeah so nazis were already storming well, the world and the first weren't they yeah yeah um but the 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 original three movies were all set in the early to yeah. mid 30s uh, but I think the last one might have been set a little bit later, but they were all pre-World War Two. Yeah, they were getting to... Because during that one, it was the, sort of, the relationship with Russia, wasn't it? And there was this fear of... The, the Russians were sort of the big bad guys. That was in the fourth one, wasn't it? Which was yes. then set post-World War Two. Yeah, yeah. That was set then in the 50s, I think. 50s, it was the yeah. late so 50s. So jumping ahead, we've got... This is more going to be the 60s, 70s. If we're, it would be the 60s, because it would be... If we're focusing on NASA and, you know, scientists work for NASA, then it's yeah. build up to the moon landing, isn't it? So I believe that, that the amount of time that has passed is the same amount of time as, as like. the last one to the well yes yeah, so the last one was set in the 50s and this one's set 14 years later which takes it into the mid to late 60s sense, yeah, they're really Harrison Ford is aging in lifetime yeah. uh, along with uh, the character of Indy but there's also been some um, trailers and other such footage that has also shown that they've done the old de-aging thing for certain sequences yeah. and it looks impressive I, I was going to say you know what I normally the the de-aging process I can't stand it I think it's always I distinctly think of the you know the Irishman is mm. the big one I think of where Robert De Niro was made up to look as young as possible however they were saying he was you know he was a twenty year old but he was walking around a little like he was um he was walking around a little like he he wasn't a twenty year old you know he had the um I'm trying to get Max to bend his mic toward me so he mid, speaks into the front of it really but well. it's not working well Max bend your microphone there you go right go. go excellent content there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Irishman, of course, has Robert De Niro as a 70-year-old man playing a 20-year-old. People go, oh, look, here's, here's this kid. Uh, but he's stumbling around, you know, like And also, like it, it just didn't well. quite look right, it did it? A bit off. They, they didn't look like themselves, but no. they didn't look like how we knew that they looked when they were younger. No. Because no. with some of these actors, we know exactly what they look like. Yeah. The ages that they and were that, meant to be. And that's it. In, in the trailers for this one that show younger indie, like, he... Looks like he could have stepped straight out of, you know, Raiders. Well, he looks, yes, he looks like yeah. the Raiders. The, the, in, you know, he looks like the Harrison Ford we know from that era. Yeah. Uh, and they've done it so well. It's so convincing that some people have said this must be unused footage from the first movie. But it's not. It's newly shot footage. Yeah. But but I guess we don't know because neither of us have seen this we movie yet. We're... We don't know how well this is all pulled off. No. Harrison Ford is now 80. And yet he's still doing the daredevil stuff. Yeah, and he and won't stop crashing a plane every other no, <laughs> week and, as well. And, and jumping around and doing all the heroic things and no. punching Nazis. And well, 
I think you'd have to, you'd have to, you would, someone would have to physically take the role of uh, Indiana Jones away from Harrison Ford. He's so attached to it. I think it is, it, he's, he's gone and said it's one of his favourites, isn't it? Like, it's the one he, he likes playing the most. I think just after he's given another great big fat check to say that, yes, yeah. I think he, he very much does. Um, I mean, but, it's not, not quite a Star Wars, is it? Well, for, for many, many, many years, um, interviewers were under strict instructions to not ask him Star Wars questions <laughs> and, and, until George Lucas came along yeah. and gave him a massive check to, to reprise in, the to role. In seven, yeah. 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 But um but but Harrison Ford, yeah, I mean he 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 is Indiana Jones. He has rather famously warned other actors off. Mm. Apparently he said to Chris um what's he called? That Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, yeah. Who'd been rumoured as being considered for a, a reboot of Indiana Jones. He he told him, Keep your so and so hands <laughs> off of this, it's mine. And if, if Harrison Ford comes up to you and says that, you know, it's gonna sound pretty serious. Yeah. There's a great um piece where the actor is it Eldon Emmerich is that the name of the actor who played the young Han Solo in in the Star Wars mm, yes yeah standalone movie Solo yeah. um, where he's being interviewed not knowing that Harrison Ford has just walked into the room <laughs> behind him and he's walking up behind him and he's blissfully unaware yeah. that, that he's in the background and then suddenly he senses someone's behind him he turns around looks Harrison up sees Harrison Ford and Harrison Ford just says get out of my chair <laughs> And you, you that, just think, but was he in the studio for a second that, there? That, oh, no, no, impressive. No, that, no, that no. You can just have, yeah. you know, I thought he was busy, I but do them all. Yeah. Do you know him and Judy Dench? Yes. All right, Treacle. That's how she speaks in real life. It's M. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pay attention, 007. Slit your throat. Anyway. It's nice that she can stop and do an episode of yeah. EastEnders in yeah. between. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's how she talks in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, enough of that. Um, yeah, so uh, so yeah, so we've got we've got uh, we've got some of the familiar faces from the Indiana Jones, Indiana mm. Jones movies back as well. I believe in particular John Rhys Davis makes a return. Yeah, making he, a re- he was in Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Last and Crusade as well as um as Salah, who's sort of Indy's friend, isn't it? Who yeah. helps him out when he's in Egypt. Yeah. And, and but not just when he's in Egypt, when he's going around the world. Yeah, and and he's back in it again as well. Um, but some other interesting cast members as well. Go through some of the others. Uh, so of course we've got Harrison Ford and John Rhys Davis mentioned. We've got Phoebe Waller Bridge is making an appearance. So she is playing the goddaughter of Indy's close friend, whose name escapes me at the moment, which is really bad. But isn't she his goddaughter? Yes, she's his goddaughter. Did I say he's her goddaughter? Huh? No, no, you said it's the goddaughter of a close friend. It's oh, not. Oh, oh, she's she the is, daughter of a close friend. She, she's the daughter of a close is friend. Is it Marcus, who was Marcus. Denim Elliott from the earlier movies? That's the one, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Marcus's, God, Mar- Marcus's daughter, Indy's goddaughter, is sort of along for the ride this time. Okay. Uh, we've also got Ant- Antonio Banderas is making an appearance in this one, which is quite exciting. Yeah. No, yeah. He's, he's, he's yeah, a very good actor too. And of course, uh, absolutely, uh, every time I hear about it, Mads Mikkelsen is... Uh, starring as a Dr. Voller, who I wonder who might be the the German scientist in this film. Yeah, and he's also—I mean, he's got the—he's got the cheekbones to play an evil scientist as well, hasn't he? So, oh, absolutely. You've also missed out. Um, so Karen Allen is back in it, mm. playing Indiana Jones as well. I went on to be his wife yeah. at the end of the last movie. She was the the leading lady from the first movie, forty two years came, ago. She came back for King of the yeah. Good Skull, didn't she? Yeah, Marion. She's back in it. Uh, also, we have in there Toby Jones, a yeah. claim British actor. He's he's in the in this movie as well. Mm. So it's it's got a right old. I think um, an interesting one, Boyd Holbrook as well was another one on the cast. He looks like from what I've seen in the trailers, he looks like he's playing a government agent. And Boyd Holbrook strikes me as the man who's only ever hired to play government agents because he he's uh he's he's one of the main focuses in narcos the one about um pablo escobar oh, okay. on netflix ah. and he feels like he's a man who you hire to have a mustache and work for the cia now wasn't boyd holbrook one of the sort of the main people in, in in logan in logan yes which was directed by 
Oh, what was his name? Because I remember his name. James Mangold. James Mangold, the director the... of this film. So this so is the first one not directed by Spielberg. It's directed no. by James Mangold. But if he, if James Mangold does for Indiana Jones what he did for the Logan. character of Wolverine, yeah. you know, in that movie, Logan, then th- this is going to I be I think a... we, we've been saying that to each other for a while, is that this this has to be a pretty good... If, it, if, this, if this is a send-off to Indiana Jones, yeah. then if it, you know, it's somebody who can capture the spirit in the same way that James Mangold can is a good good candidate. Yeah, this yeah this is very much a, this has to be a swan song to it. Yeah, and I hope to goodness they then put it to bed. Yeah, they don't do they don't reboot it. They don't look at doing side quills and and all other sorts yeah. of things. They don't young, look young at Indiana Jones. Well, they've done that. Yeah, they've done it. You know, they don't do it again. Um, they've done it. It's it's out there. You can find it. You can watch it. It, it was mixed. Sometimes it's very good. Sometimes yes. it wasn't. It was very expensive TV series that they made because it was shot all over the world, um, and it was all in period as well. But but yeah, don't don't you know? Please please, if you're listening, Disney, who own it, I think yeah. this uh, own everything now. Don't don't let, make let, let it go. Yeah, this it's, is finished now. Invest in a new thing. Yeah, because forty two years ago. That's what happened. Paramount Pictures invested in a new thing. Called Indiana Jones. Yeah. And, and thus this, this was born. We have this. We don't need it again. We don't need it remade. We don't need it cheaper. I really, I really hope. That, that I hope this is just a nice send-off. Yeah. And I hope that this is... You and know, if we there's can any say, way at the end of it that Harrison Ford could come back, don't write him a bigger check. He'll be 82 yeah, if stop, you make stop another one. Stop trying it because he, yeah. can't, he can't help himself. No. Especially if you keep waving all that money in his face. He yeah. will keep coming back. Yeah. And also at his age, you can just tell him, no, no, you did agree, remember? And he won't know. <laughs> you know, you can offer him some Werther's Originals and he'll be happy. <laughs> anyway, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I cannot wait. I love the Indiana Jones movies. Even the bad one was good. Yeah. It's still, you know, it's still, it's still an Indiana Jones film. Yeah, yeah, I know. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. You have a relative, you probably don't want to name them for, for just sheer embarrassment for yourself, that has not seen an Indiana Jones You know, Jones he actually movie. told me that he has, uh, that's the thing, was he, he told me that he has now gone and seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. He has seen Raiders of the Lost has Ark. Has he, or is he just saying that to you to shut you up? He might be saying that. No, yeah. but he said, he said it was pretty good. In, his, in, his, in the words of the younger generation, Raiders of the Lost Ark was pretty good. Well, there you go. Well, they're going to put that on the poster, aren't they? <laughs> from from Mini Hartington. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all they need now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for that. We'll have more from Max Hartington a little bit later on this here show of ours. Hi, I'm Elspeth Jackman, inviting you to listen to my podcast One to One with Elspeth. Find a local person with a story and I'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about. If I'm fascinated, so will you be. Each week I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is you can listen whenever you want to. To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for the St Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to stalbanspodcast.com slash Elspeth. That's One to One with Elspeth, part of the St. Albans podcast in association with the Hearts Advertiser. You never know, you could be my next guest. Stop moving the mouse and I'll make a start. Oh, so annoying. Anyway, right, we're here with the... uh, I'm keeping that in. We're we're here with the second part of the... The film guide looking at Max's action films. These are action films that take it to the max. 
<laughs> Weirdly, Max just sat quite quietly until I said, right, we're here and record. And then he starts doing like, he's like Michael Flatley with a mouse, oh, you know, tap, 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 I just, tap, I just, tap, I just tap. could not, could not stop. I couldn't help myself. Couldn't what stop can I faffing about. I'm, I'm quite literally shaking with anticipation to talk about this next film. You're just one of life's faffers, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's the truth of it. So, Max's action films. This is where Max each month brings us another action film for our uh, our delectation. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, tell us about this action movie. I've got a real treat for you this time. Uh, this is... Our film is 1997's action film, directed by John Woo. This is none other than Face Off. The film about... <laughs> the film in which John Travolta is a man who needs to impersonate Nicolas Cage. And how is how's he going to do that? He's going to take his face off. off. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the concept of the film. So basically, John Travolta is playing a... Well, John Travolta in the film is starts off by playing this, you know, really intense uh, FBI agent who needs to investigate a crime rink and uh, where these bombs have been planted um, by the man who, you know, by the man who murdered the son, who's played by Nicolas Cage. And in order to do that, he has to take his face off and look exactly like Nicolas Cage. So Nicolas Cage is doing his best John Travolta impression. And John Travolta is doing his best Nicolas Cage impression. And somewhere in between, there are some really awesome gunfights and explosions that go on. So, so the, and this is all John Woo. So there's also John some slow motion doves flying. Yeah, there, there's there. plenty of doves yeah. flying in this one. Um, and 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 l- very long jackets with tails flapping yeah, lo- in the wind. There's lots of wind, uh, blowing in the wind. Everyone's dual wielding guns and leaping around everywhere mm. as well. Uh, Nicholas Cage has like two gold plated pistols in this film, and it just yeah. it, it's brilliant. It's all very stylized, isn't it? And yeah. All, and, and and you know, almost like a ballet or something. The gracefulness with which some of these action sequences yeah. pan out and this was John, this was John Woo at the height of what he was doing in Hollywood you know he yeah. was an acclaimed um, Hong Kong action director who had a great style and then he came over to Hollywood he did a film called Hard Target which is a very mm. low budget movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme got him noticed he did Mission Impossible 2 after this one 2000 that right was, yeah. yeah but before that he did this film Face Off but the Hard Boiled as well, which I've heard is always quite a good one. Yeah, that was one of his Hong Kong movies, yeah. and it's very acclaimed. But this is, I mean, this is the most ridiculous thing ever, because for a start, they have different build and different height. <laughs> the, the concept already is jo- absolutely ridiculous. John Travolta is shorter and stockier, uh, and Nicolas yeah. Cage is taller and leaner, yet somehow we're supposed to accept that, <laughs> Completely that they've, they've managed to t- take his, uh, each other's faces. And not only that, but then they have each other's hair yeah. as well. And it, it, it's it's weird. <laughs> there's and a voices. Bit, there's and a little bit of suspension of disbelief in this film to, to really make it work. And also the fact that, that the surgery scars are healed almost immediately for them to, you know, swap yeah. around. Yeah. And the fact that the best part is that, so in order to, you know, keep John Travolta's face warm while he's, while he's dressed, while he's, playing Nicolas Cage of course they put the face back onto you know they swap they swap faces so of course when Nicolas Cage who is actually John Travolta escapes he starts causing havoc because he's got the face of an FBI agent and it's just tearing up harassing harassing the you know the FBI agent's family it, oh, it's it's. Pretty, I'm just talking about it. It's so good. It it's doesn't fantastic. really bear any level of scrutiny whatsoever, does it? You've really got to just not think about it and just let yeah. it happen. You just have to. It's like having a root canal, isn't it? It's the movie equivalent. Don't think about it. Just let it happen. It's a, yeah. It's a, it's a root canal film, but yeah. it's you've never had a root canal so pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, the, the, it, isn't, it isn't necessarily... If you can go in it with that premise, it's not an unpleasant experience. No, no. But it's... Uh, it's it, brilliant. It's just... For the first 10 minutes, ch- chasing the airplane down the runway, you know what you're in for. Yeah. 
<laughs> but if you like that that sort of high octane late nineties absurd action adventure stuff, then it's face off, isn't it? And also Nicolas Cage give it given one in my opinion, given one of his best performances in this one. Well, they both did. And the way that they both became the other person, they yeah. made a stupid thing seem slightly believable. Yeah. Um, so it worked, didn't it? Because suddenly you kind of believe that when John Travolta's goofing about, he's, blimey, he's, he is Nick, Nicolas he is Cage. Nick Cage. Nick Cage, of course, who is in the 90s at this point, is probably in the peak of his absolute absurdity. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he 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 was. I mean, was, I know Max and I recently watched his entrance on Wogan in the early nineties, and uh, the nineties. Oh. I think you said something like the nineties were a good year. He, for he Nick was Cage. about to have an absolutely fantastic yeah. ten years. He burst onto the stage live on 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 British television on the Wogan chat show. He he did a he did a, a, a was it, forward did, roll like a, no, he, it, but it was like a, an acrobatic thing, wasn't it? He yeah. sort of leapt in the air and he managed to spin forwards and and land. And yeah, do, do a complete sort of flip, you know, forward flip, yeah. and landed back on his feet. And then took his shirt off. And then, and, and yeah, he took his shirt off. He had, I couldn't work out, was it playing cards or was it dollar bills? He was throwing he was, something. He was, no, he was throwing out dollar bills. It was, he was it giving was dollar bills to Terry Wogan's audience. Yeah, yeah great. <laughs> who, who were sort of there thinking, wow, Shepherd's Bush, wonder I could spend these. <laughs> yes. And, and, and it was all, it was something else, wasn't it? He needs them back when this is done. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, if you want to see. Probably they're both at the peak of what they do. Yeah. John Travolta and Nicolas Cage both enjoying being absolutely absurd and over the top. And and in, this is a movie where you couldn't be over the top yeah. enough. Including some really, really well choreographed fight scenes in between as well, because it's John, you know, John Woo. Yeah. There are other actors in it. You ain't going to notice them. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Travolta and Cage. You're here, for, you're here for the Cage Travolta show. Yeah, that's, that's all you need to worry about. So if you've never seen it and you think that sounds ridiculous... We haven't done it justice. It's way more no, ridiculous yeah. than it sounds. We haven't even begun yeah. to tell you just how good this yeah. is. But go and watch it. It did. Re- it did fairly well. It did well when it came out. It's it. it's it's kind of live. It lives as a kind of a um, you know a movie that's kind of got legendary status for just how absurd yeah. it was. <laughs> Yet it sort of worked. You do find yourself suspending disbelief. Yeah, and what what a ride. Yeah, that's Face Off from 1997. Great year. That's uh, the edition for Max's Film Club for today. The Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the Survivors Podcast with Danny Smith. You're doing it again. Keep the mouse still. You don't need to do anything with the mouse. I started getting paranoid about the dates. I I waited for a moment for you to be completely still and quiet. I started hitting record and then you start off with the mouse again. (sighs) My word. Are you sending someone a message in Morse code? <laughs> Is that what's going on? I want to be rescued. Get me out of here. Please. <sighs> We're back to part three of the film guide. We're, no one's listening anymore. They've, they've long it's, it's since fine. tuned out. Or maybe my SOSs have called people in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll wait and see. I'll leave the door on the latch yeah. just in case. Anyway, this is where we look at the films that Max has suggested we should watch on free-to-air TV for the week ahead. Uh, we start off, and it's interesting to see, actually, that um, Harrison Ford makes three appearances in our film guide this, this week. We just can't get enough of them. We've already mentioned him once. He comes up twice more, but I think it's worthy. I think, I think you have made worthy choices. But let's start off first with a film tonight that is oh I say tonight Friday the 30th of June 5 star 9pm uh, nearly called it Stutter Island Shutter Island <laughs> Stutter Island Stutter Island Stutter Island, <gasps> Stutter Island. Um, I, I just said Stutter Shutter Island 
tells plant that in your head now. You, you've actually got me there uh shutter island uh t- directed by martin scorsese it tells the story of two um two u.s marshals who are sent to an, uh, an island uh, you know asylum for you know people with uh, mental difficulties uh during like the mental uh, during the during there we go uh, set during sort of the 1920s, uh, there's these sort of these detectives are sent to investigate this uh, asylum where one of the patients has gone missing, and their job is to sort of investigate. But there's this sort of this sense that something creepy is going on going around in the background the entire time. It does this really good job of like sort of showing you that things aren't quite right on this island. Uh, and of course, it's got an absolutely massive cast to help support that as well. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is of course playing the, the lead in this one as one of the detectives but he's joined by Mark Ruffalo. Ben Kingsley is playing the head doctor on this island and he does a fantastic job being creepy the entire when way When you say through. he's the head doctor, do you mean he's the head doctor or he's the head it's a bit of a two-in-one there, do you see? Ah. <laughs> he's the head head doctor. Did you know that Shutter Island is a an anagram of truths and lies? Is it really? Apparently so. I did, I did not actually no. know that. Okay. Do you think they did that on purpose? I don't know. <laughs> did you call it Shutter Island first? The thing is, you, there's not an awful lot you can say about this movie without spoiling it. Yeah, I was saying, a lot of it is you just have to experience it, really. And when you, um, if you go onto IMDb and you look at trivia, normally you've got like loads and loads of trivia to scroll through. Mm. And then you get to the bottom and it says like, warning, these bits contain spoilers. Yeah. There's one, two, three, four, five bits of trivia. Yeah. Before the rest of it is spoilers. There's so much going mm. on in this movie. Uh, and and yeah it's you know I recommend this one I'm actually it's a good film on its own right but I also recommend it's worth it because of the upcoming uh, next Martin Scorsese film so this one it's got there's a few connections here that might make that worth it so Killers of the Flower Moon is going to be his next one which is a period piece about the creation of the the FBI okay so that's also going to have Leonardo DiCaprio leading along with some other people so maybe if you want to see a Martin Scorsese period piece and you've seen Goodfellas too many times like I have this one's worth it to go Do you know watch. what? I need to watch Shutter Island again because I cannot remember exactly what happened. So really? watching it again, it will kind of be fresh for me in a yeah. way because there's so many twists and turns along the way. You have to be careful the spoiler though. Keep in mind, Shutter Island is an anagram for truth and lies. Yes. Truths and lies. <laughs> Too many S's. <laughs> I thought you got that right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have uh, as well, um, it was written by Dennis Lehane who wrote Mystic River, which was a great film that won Oscars for Clint Eastwood. Mm. And he also wrote The Drop, which was... Was that Tom Hardy, wasn't it? And was it James Gandolfini in his final role? Really? I think so. And, and Shutter Island, he wrote as well. Uh, he, um, yeah, and he's quite an American writer. I think yeah. he, he's quite the American novelist, is Dennis Lehane. Um, Brilliant. But uh, but yes, uh, he's he's written a few. No, I mean, definitely. I think if there's anything strong about this film, the script is probably one of the strongest parts of this film. And good performances as well, but it's very well written. Yeah. Like, there's lots of intricacies to, that, to this film. I'm sure... If it's the first time watching it, Gone Baby Gone, that was him as well. Ah. Uh, Live by Night, which was another movie with um, Neeson, is that? with old Batfleck in it. Is Liam Neeson in that I one? Li- makes, makes that one up. Live, Live by Night. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you can look that one up for me. I can't be bothered. No, it's Ben Affleck. My mistake. Oh yes, which is an, yeah, of course. That I, I, that's yeah. Yeah, Mystic River was him. Um, Shutter Island. Yeah, yeah um, uh, Dennis Lehane has written an awful lot of um, uh, novels. He's, he's quite the American A lot, a lot of period pieces as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, interestingly, if you happen to go and see me in my play at the moment at the Abbey Theatre called Home that's on until the 8th of July, not many miles away from Shutter Island in no. some senses. Oh, really? How exciting. Uh, in a really small way. Are, but, you, play, are you playing Leonardo DiCaprio? That is it. Yeah. yeah. That is it. 
Anyway, uh, it's uh, to say more would be too much of a spoiler for that, except that mm. it's a four-hander play, so there's four characters in it. Ooh. So there's not, there's five. It's a four-hander with five characters. Don't give too much of the game away. If you want to know more, you have to come and see it. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's... Uh, Shutter Island is the movie that we're talking about right now, not my uh, theatrical endeavours. Um, Shutter Island is on 5 Star, 9pm, on Friday the 30th of June. Saturday the 1st of July, film for 11.40pm. I've not seen this movie, but I really want to. Ready or not? You know, I'm the exact same. That's exactly why I put it on here. Uh, Ready or Not is one that was actually, so released in 2019. Uh, this film actually re- received a very much a sort of cult following for what it did. Uh, it tells the story of a, a bride on her wedding night, which uh, things take a sinister turn when her new in-laws basically force her to take part in a terrifying game, which seems to be some sort of, you know, murder murder game, essentially, where they're trying to hunt her down in this mansion while she's in a, in a wedding dress, uh, chase her through a mansion with all sorts of old weapons, you know, they, they bust out, you know, bust out the hatchets and the crossbows to hunt her down. But um, supposedly this was a really good watch from ev- everyone, everyone I know who's seen this film has said, actually, they really did not expect it to uh, end up being as good as it is. Yeah. it's It's got a very schlocky premise, hasn't it? It has. And it is, um, it is listed here as a comedy. So it's, yeah. I think it's, it's intended to have a very dark humour to it. To An me, action it comedy f- horror. It sort of it. feels like it's going for that Evil Dead, uh, that Evil Dead audience. Okay. Wasn't there another film where recently oh, came out maybe around about the same time where they're all at is it like a, a girl being taken back to her boyfriend's like big mansion for a dinner to meet the family and there's a home invasion but it all goes a bit wrong because mm. the people who do the home invading turn out to be then the victims who because they've gone in home invaded a family of serial killers that sounds like i know that film and i want to say is that it's something about somebody at the door or something yeah. I definitely, because I remember seeing that one as well. Yeah, it was around about the same time, wasn't it? And, I'm tr- and I, I kind of, in my head, get, got these two movies confused. Was it called Who's Next? Who's Next, yes. Um, Who's Next was it, Scott? Now, I think that was another one that actually received a pretty good, pretty good acclaim. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Uh, um, I, I can't remember if I've got the name of that right. I, I might not have. Uh, but the, yes anyway you've chosen Ready or Not I believe as well the star of this was she in Neighbours yes yeah Samara uh, Samara Weaving was in Neighbours uh, she's also made some appearances in other TV shows again actually she appears in the Evil Dead TV series at one point as well okay so uh, not for very long spoiler, right. but <laughs> she does okay. appear, she does appear in that one well that's Ready or Not 11.40pm on Film 4 on Saturday the 1st of July moving to Sunday the 2nd of July on Quest which is a channel uh, 11pm, the second appearance this week of Harrison Ford, Ford in The Fugitive. The Fugitive tells the story of Dr. Richard Kimball, who is unjustly accused of murdering his wife and must find the real killer while being the target of a nationwide manhunt led by a seasoned US Marshal. That's actually, that's two films in this in this week that focus on US Marshals, funny that. But uh, to be fair, if you, if you broke down every film that dealt with an FBI agent, or a US Marshal, or a CIA agent, you'd find loads, wouldn't you? Yeah. But um, yeah, of course, Harrison Ford stars as the doctor who was accused of the murder of his wife and is trying to prove himself innocent. Tommy Lee Jones plays the Marshal chasing him and what a film. Brilliant. This one is so tense, uh, so, so well made and just so enjoyable to watch. It, so my exposure to this film before I'd ever seen it was the the scene of um, uh, Tommy Lee Jones cornering uh, Harrison Ford in, the, in this dam, and he's like they're standing they're standing right before they jump off, like well not jump off on the edge of this dam. He catches up to him, and there's this whole sort of debate where 
Tommy Lee Jones is doing his best like I don't care well it was the thing Harrison Ford saying I didn't kill my wife and he goes I don't care I don't care and he won an Oscar for that part Tommy Lee Jones he did a remarkable job with that Yeah, Uh, he was so good and then they went and made a sequel with his character called US Marshals which was largely a retread of this one where he's hunting someone else and this time I think it was was it Benicio del Toro? I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, U.S. Marshals was the sequel to The Fugitive, with wow. Tommy, but starring Tommy Lee Jones this time, and not Harrison Ford. And at more, all. more just to be fair, I mean, it would be a bit. How contrived would it be if he, you know, got framed for the murder of his wife twice? And I think um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in it. Wesley Snipes, Robert Downey Jr. What a cast! Yeah, it, it wasn't very good. Oh, um, but it is. It, but oh. it's basically <laughs> the same. Uh, it's the same thing. Same They're premise. hunting down a guy who is innocent. And that's it. I think you're at a bit of a loss if you have if you have this um, this you know brilliant sort of cat, uh, cat and mouse chase, but you're really invested with both of the characters. And it's one of the other actors twice. in it was Patrick Malahide, who to older listeners will be remembered as being Chisholm in Minder. He was the he was sort of the nemesis of Arthur Daly. He was the detective who was determined to bring Arthur Daly down. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Chisholm uh, was 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 his name. But but no, Benicio del Toro isn't in. This is I it Robert Downey Jr. Confused with something else. No, no, no. There's another film with Tommy Lee Jones, I think, and Benicio del Toro. But uh, oh. but anyway, yeah. U.S. Marshals, the far less successful sequel to uh, The Fugitive. Good thing The Fugitive's playing, and not not yeah. U.S. Marshals. <laughs> and the film we were trying to get to the title of earlier, You're Next. You're Next. Oh, there was an next in there somewhere. Yeah, it wasn't Who's Next. It was You're Next. Brilliant. Uh, but uh, but yeah. Um, so that film, uh, The Fugitive, what, what cracking movie. Mm. Uh, such pace and. And so well done. Based on a 60s TV series. Really? Uh, yes. So it was a 60s TV series called The Fugitive, starring David Jansen as the, the t- titular character. And he was Dr. Richard Kimball, who was uh, framed for his wife's murder. And then he was on the run and he was trying to solve her murder while, um, being, chased. while being chased. And every oh. week he wound up in a new a new town, a new wherever, and he'd help somebody locally out. And, and somehow there'd be some kind of clue that might have gotten that much nearer. And, and eventually... I, I love I love old TV. TV series yeah but eventually he did I think the final episode he did capture Confident. yeah <laughs> but uh, but it, it 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 took a while um but yeah um The Hunted was the film I was thinking of with Benicio Del Toro and um with uh, Tommy Lee Jones that came out just after US Marshals ah. and it involved I think somebody being on the run and somebody being hunted so it all felt a bit Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee Jones really had a um, I mean to be fair it still has if you think about a lot of the films I think of No Country for Old Men still same sort of vibe isn't it yeah. I think he's just built to be a policeman Yeah, he's, he's got his, his stern face and voice just say I'm, I'm a cop who's done with you and he's great in Under Siege as well. The the thing with um, uh, Steven Seagal, he's, he's just he's great amazing because in, in Under Siege he's playing completely against type. Yeah, that that's you would never expect that. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he was he was great in, in that too. Um, in fact, the only thing I think I've ever seen him in where I thought he was miscast was Space Cowboys, where where I mm. thought well he's just mm. clearly he's way too young to be a contemporary of Clint Eastwood's. And yet yes. we were expected to believe that these were sort of like, you know, these were rivals back in the, in, he was, when they were in their 20s. He's meant to be the, play the most done with it or of them all as well, isn't he? He's, he's the most tired and fed up with, yeah. fed up with being old. Yeah. He's the youngest one there. No, it should never have been. It should always have been um, uh, Burt Reynolds yeah. in that part. You, you do, it, but anyway, they don't listen yeah. to me. <laughs> uh, right. In any case, uh, The Fugitive, uh, 11 p.m. on Quest on the second of, Sunday, the 2nd of July. Monday, the 3rd of July, film 4, 6.15 p.m., 
We're back with Harrison Ford again, and we're back with Indiana Jones again, with arguably the best one. Potentially. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. In 1938, after his father goes missing pursuing the Holy Grail, Indiana Jones finds himself up against the Nazis against time to stop them from obtaining its power. What? Every time. But this is just absolutely from start to finish this film is such a great ride rip-roaring swashbuckling adventure yeah. all the way through great start to the movie with River Phoenix the late River Phoenix River playing Phoenix a young plays, Indiana plays young Jones Indy, yeah. in his first sort of big screen adventure I take it he didn't play young Indy in the TV series no they, they actually had two different actors because they had him playing him at different ages they had like an 11 year old Indy and, a, and a, like a 16 year old Indy mm. and, uh, and and they had it at diff- so it was set in different time periods because of the difference in their ages and yeah two different actors and at one point Harrison Ford plays his father Oh. Or, or, or plays Indiana Jones at an older age. Harrison Ford has a cameo in the TV yeah. series at one point. Imagine that, um, imagine that him playing at, uh, cameoing as Sean Connery. No, no that's right. It, I don't think he played the father. I think he played he played Indiana Jones at an age that would have fitted with Harrison Ford's at a different point in history. In between, yeah. At the just, kind just of them. narrating at the end of a story or something like that. It was a very brief part, but mm. he was in it. But the, but the young Indiana Jones series was a huge expense. It was filmed all over the yeah. world and it was most exotic and, and, and very cinematic in its scope. And it was basically born out of the success of the first part of this movie. Oh, nice. Um, so well, yeah, I mean, the first is the first part. Yeah, what what a start! It explains so it explains so much, and it introduces this connection of yeah. Indy's going to be dealing with his dad in this film. And yeah, then, but then it goes back to him as the T- professor. Tells you how he gets the scar on his lip. Tells you how he gets the hat. How he gets the whip. It gives you all the all the items that he has. And then the, it was the best of these movies because it brought out the the supporting characters from the first one. You had Denim Elliott, yeah. who was wonderful. John Rhys Davis once That's again. again. Uh, you had that going on. You had um, yeah, Sean Connery in a a wonderful turn as his father even though there's only 11 years between them yeah but it, you you completely bought that they were father and son because they were just worlds apart aren't they yeah and the way they squabbled the way they fought the <laughs> but the way that and they had a tenderness and love cl- for one clearly another. clearly the same yeah. so so familiar as well yeah. at the same time and there's there's a great shot somewhere you could probably find it on youtube where they're filming a bit where they're on a motorcycle and a sidecar and you've got Harrison Ford riding the motorcycle and you've got Sean Connery yes. sat in the sidecar and then Spielberg shouts cut and as they get off to get out of it Sean Connery's not wearing any trousers he's just got boxers on because apparently it was so hot he says I'm not wearing this suit I'll wear the top half because that's all you can see he's wearing because he's wearing his um his Oh, what do you call it? He's got tweeds he's on. Got the twe- he's got the tweed jacket. He's got a three-piece tweed yes. suit, and it's really hot. And he says, "I'm not wearing the trousers; it's too hot." And oh. so, yeah, he, they shout, "Cut!" He gets up, and you can see that he's just got his boxers on. <laughs> Bless him. Amazing. But anyway, Connery possibly at his finest. Yeah. And and, and the, all of the Indiana Jones regulars never been better. No, it really it really is just like for I mean for because for a while this was the end of the Indiana Jones series yeah for this is for, a, for beautiful, a beautiful end to the trilogy yeah. uh, and and this is where it some might say where it should have ended and maybe after we see the most recent one yeah we'll, maybe let's we'll think hold that. our tongues until but we let's see, hope but. not let's hope that this new one is the fitting end to this saga yeah 
But Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, film for 6.15pm, Monday the 3rd of July. We move to Wednesday the 5th of July, and now the final two films of the week, you've gone from Harrison Ford to Tom Cruise. It feels like I just talk about the same actors all the time with this one, doesn't it? Uh, this is American Made. Uh, the yeah, story film of- for 11.30pm. 11.30. Uh, this is American Made, the story of Barry Seal, an uh, American pilot who becomes a drug runner for the CIA in the 1980s in a clandestine operation that would be exposed as the Iran-Contra affair. Uh, Tom Cruise is playing, I think, a character a little different to, you know, a character different to who he normally plays. He's playing this very flawed sort of um, uh, failed pilot who winds up as a drug runner, uh, dealing all sorts of, you know, um, all sorts, dealing in all sorts of, you know, very controversial affairs. And it has this very human look at how he's dealing, you know, how his wife's dealing with this and how his family's dealing with this. But then he also does get some very nice, like you know, I'm Tom Cruise and I'm 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 fast talking and I'm very I'm very smart and very funny in this sort of bits. Yeah, and and um, yeah, it's slightly out of type for him because he's not yeah. really he's playing a kind of a an anti-hero, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. He's not he's not your, your true out and out yeah. sort of you know at the end of the day he's playing um, hero like he plays in other parts. No, no, it, 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 this isn't a Mission Impossible film. No. He is he's doing he's doing something wrong. We know it's wrong. However, he's having a good time doing what's wrong. Yeah, he's a little bit shady in this one, yeah. isn't he? A little bit shady. <laughs> but he does it very well. It's Tom Cruise doing what he does yeah, well. Uh, and uh, the, the film itself, I think it's got some very interesting choices. Like the way it's edited and the way it's shot, it feels very... It's almost uh, like you are in the 80s a bit, the way the way things are filmed, the way the, the way editing is used. Yeah, and, and um, it's directed by Doug Lyman, who did Swingers, and was, I believe, might have been the director of... Um, if I can find it here, I, I'm struggling to find it at the minute. Uh, d- I think he was the... Um, director of Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise as well. Oh, He's right. currently the director of the remake Dread of Edge Roadhouse. The, the Roadhouse remake. The, the the Roadhouse remake. Yeah, oh. he did direct Edge of Tomorrow. Well, you know what? I think he's. Yeah, I think he's in pretty. He should be right. Director of Born, uh, Born Identity as well. I thought so. I, yeah. I, I haven't scrolled that, that so, far. So in that case, he, he's a very, he's a solid choice. Yeah, I I'm, will happily let him do the Roadhouse remake. And do you know who's starring in Roadhouse? No. Oh man, I've forgotten now. Uh, it was either Jake Gyllenhaal, or whatever he's called, or it was Ryan Gosling. It is Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake, apparently, Conor McGregor's going to be making an appearance as well. So right. I don't know how I feel about that. But uh, that's fantastic, Jake Gyllenhaal in that. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. You've brought me in. <laughs> You're there. Right? I, I wouldn't expect it, but you know what? I'm okay with that. Okay. So that's American Made, film for 11:30 p.m. Slightly different thing from Tom Cruise, although generally speaking, still in his little, ballpark. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Just a little bit, yeah. a little bit off type. But he, he doesn't like us to use the word "little" near his name. Little Tom Cruise doesn't like that. Anyway, uh, he, he's he's you know he's great. He's like an actor and he's smaller. Anyway, eleven for, uh, film for eleven thirty p.m. on Wednesday the fifth. He's not going to listen to this. Wednesday the fifth of July. <laughs> but, but when he does, Thursday this. Yeah, he's never coming yeah, on. When he does, he's, he's going to honestly. He's he's, he's going to blank us. He's going to come come flying through your window. When he next does media in the UK, he says, <laughs> "I'm going nowhere near the centre." He's podcast. probably around at the moment because he's he's currently doing the the press tour for the. In fact, impossible. He's down here under the desk right now. <laughs> Hello, Tom. Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> little Tom Cruise friend of the podcast yeah. still I can't I feel really bad about that I'm, I'm sorry Tom a, I'm over here I'm over here put me in a box I do all, I, I'm doing them all today have you noticed that I'm like, doing them all like, yeah I know it's, you are just 
the, the man of a thousand impressions. Right, this is, this is, yeah. There you go. Let's go to Thursday, the 6th of July. Film 4, 9pm. Tom Cruise doing what he does best in the Mission Impossible 36. Um, I don't know which one this one was. Mission Impossible 4, actually. Is but, this only but 4? Close, yeah, this is Mission Impossible 4. Uh, this is but Mission Impossible what we Ghost what, Protocol. What's the one that comes out anytime now? We're currently now? on our way up to, I believe, 7 and 8 are going to be releasing in the next two years. Uh, 7 is going to be the next one. Is that the one that's out next week? Yes, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Seven, but this one's four. Seven of them. Yeah, so this, this is, is uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. I think this is releasing in there. This is the 2011 one. So this is when uh, the series went away from the numbered entries. Previously you had Mission Impossible 1, 2, 3. But this was the first one that sort of went away from... Uh, it started just being about the mission rather than being about... Previously, the Mission Impossible sort of had these ties to, you know, Ethan Hawke has... A, not Ethan Hawke, that's the actor. Ethan Hunt <laughs> is the character in these films. His, you know, his family's getting drawn in, and this is all sort of, oh, I'm personally the one who's in trouble. Uh, how many times can you go rogue, sort of thing? But this one is more the one that turned it into a team effort. Okay. Uh, sort of. So uh, this. Well, film, he kind of had a team before, but it was yeah. very much him, wasn't it? Yeah, the, exactly. The, the others were in the background. Um, I want to test your Mission Impossible knowledge, though. Uh, go on, name them in order. Mission Impossible One. Well, it wasn't called that. It's just called Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible Two. Yeah. Mission Impossible 3. Yeah. Or Mission Impossible III, if you're doing the Roman, Roman Wars. Russian, Russian Impossible? Russian. Mission Impossible. Uh, Ghost Protocol is yeah. this one. Uh, it'll be Mission Impossible Rogue Nation next. Yeah. Mission Impossible after Rogue Nation. It's not Fallout after Rogue Nation, is it? Yeah. And then it's Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Which is the one that comes out imminently. And then, it'll be and then next Dead year, Reckoning Part, part 2. two. Mm. There we go. That's Real it. Mission Impossible. Now, again, right you know, we're saying about um, Harrison Ford playing a part now in a franchise the, yeah. for 42 years. Uh, the, 1996 was that first movie. So, so he's, what we, he's on his that's, way. That's 27 years 20, in the same franchise. 27 years. And he's done more movies yeah. because by next year he'd have done eight. Yeah. So, and he's been rushing about. Harrison Ford spent 42 years to do five. Lazy. Mission <laughs> Just saying. Uh, that's Harrison Ford not Tom, coming on. Tom yeah. Cruise does it in 27. Yeah. He goes, oh. Short, shorter times I can do them quick I'm down here somebody stand me up again I can't see it's the travel cost that's what yeah. that's, that's what that's the where they where yeah. they manage to get they, they can they can put him in l- yeah. L- luggage yeah so yeah. always to do with planes yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, in this he one, doesn't even, even need a seat he'll hang on the outside exactly I've seen him do it does his own stunts yeah. uh, this is the one that has him uh, in terms of his uh, if you want your Tom Cruise stunt in this one this is the one where he climbs the uh, the Burj Khalifa the, the biggest building in the world at the time right there you go so if you want to see him up the Wiz Khalifa is that what's what you call it <laughs> Wiz Khalifa Bur- Burj Khalifa oh, right. the building who's Wiz Khalifa he's a, he's a rapper that's him yeah I feel that but he, could, he could climb him as well I, I bet he could yeah, yeah probably take him almost as long oh hang on a minute I'm gonna hit the knee <laughs> oh yeah but you know it's uh, funny anyway uh, so Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol these are good movies I mean I, I'm, I'm being somewhat mocking here these are well made yeah, good really well paced uh, great breathtaking action and I think this was the one that sort of um, the, the series sort of had this um, like revival I think like not that I don't think two and three are quite good I felt like this three was where, might have been a little bit of a lull yeah. you know that because the, fir- the first Abrams one was, was cracking Brian De Palma who's done yeah. some wonderful movies did a great job with that John Woo did a very very different type of movie with the second one mm. which was also hugely successful and then the third one was J.J. Abrams who was not known as a film director at this point see the thing I remember the most about that is Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in that who I think for, for a series which is more about Tom Cruise he did a good job playing the bad guy in that one yeah but, but um, this felt like a more of a revival for the series, which I think I think this film's success 
gave them the drive to keep making the ones they're up to now. Yeah. I think they've very much, they've borrowed bits and pieces from this from this one that have inspired the next ones. And you've got stuff like, you know, Simon Pegg's character becoming a mainstay of the series, Ving okay. Rhames reappearing. Plenty happens. Ving Rhymes. Ving Rhymes. That's how he pronounces it. Rhymes. Rhymes. That, that's, yeah. that's nice that he rhymes. Yeah, he'll come on because <laughs> we get his name right. Um, and also for the fans of this, uh, need to know that apparently uh, the, the uh, director and the collaborator of Tom Cruise, Christopher McQuarrie, has said that um, these two movies would not be ending the series as they are developing ideas for future installments. Oh, fantastic. They're just going to keep going until, he, until Tom Cruise dies. And even then, they'll probably make a few more. And you know I shouldn't support it, but I do support it. And he's, Tom Cruise is going to live forever. Well, for as long as they don't drop the, the standard of them. No, you know, if, as, if they keep up to, I, I think, I mean, Fallout, the most recently released one, was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And yeah, they were all just great. So. Yeah. And also, thankfully, they've dropped Jeremy Renner because he was in one or two, but they managed to kind of come he, away from that. I think he, yeah, he he was sort of playing. He was playing a mild mannered accountant as part of the yeah, team. But yeah, yeah, they've they've realised. Thankfully, they don't need him. So you know, thank goodness for that. But uh, but yeah, the, you know, he's um, and Tom Cruise is he's good at this. He's mm. this is what he does, and he does it well. Yeah. And and we know we're in for a, a treat. And I still don't get why I love these films. And hate the Fast and the Furious films, whereas to some people it's the same kind of thing. I, I do think because there is a lot very similar to them, but I think it's it's production value and it's the the, the effort put into it. I think Tom Tom Cruise for for all of his faults, he's he's an absolutely committed to to his craft. But you, to, you, to you buy into level. him, don't you? You buy into yeah. you, you you fully accept that this character is some kind of international I mean, agent with an awful lot of skills that yeah. can do this sort of thing, and you accept that as a premise. And I suppose with the um, Fast and Furious films, the premise was that, that originally he was what like a grease monkey who, who it, raced it, fast it, cars. They stole DVD players. Yeah, and 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 suddenly we're, we're we're being told that we now have to accept that he's gone from that to being some sort of international yeah, espionage they're, they're like agent the Avengers, with skills but with cars. Yeah, and he's just that leap isn't it if it started out that way maybe i'd feel differently so you say a leap in uh, fast and furious and i still think of the the video of uh, him crashing a car into a bridge to launch himself to catch somebody in midair and i just think that's it's just absurd isn't it yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't see that in mission impossible i don't think so i think you'd you'd get a feel that it was all the more real yeah and and tom cruise and they'd have to talk tom cruise out of doing it so yeah and one of the great stunts that has been um, very much heavily promoted in this movie is is an homage to GoldenEye, and with GoldenEye, the yes. thing was faked. It was it was CGI. It was you know the, 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 where where Bond rides a motorbike off the edge mm. of a cliff and then sort of skydives and then catches up with a plane and gets into it and, and off he goes. And with this, they they've done an homage to that because but Tom Cruise rides that, a that bike is, off the edge of a cliff, and that's him doing it. And yeah, he he would not. He yeah. would not say no. They, no, and he doesn't catch up with a plane and get into it and then fly it off. He 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 parachutes down and lands, but he does it all himself. And the way it was done, you could you got a sense it was a nod to Goldeneye in a small way. It's got to be. Yeah, um, but it wasn't faked. It was no, but, it was all done. This for one it. really is. Mm. Anyway, Mission Impossible, whichever one that was, we just said Mission Impossible four. Ghost Protocol number four, <laughs> film four, nine p.m. Thursday, the seventh of July. Max, which of those films is your film of the week? If you had to choose, you one? know what, it's actually a really close choice. But this time, it's got to be. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade just because I'm feeling positive and I'm banking on this next one being uh, another another great ride for Indy okay well let's let's 
let's see if that comes to to pass but uh fingers crossed eh? definitely anyway max thanks very much uh, for sharing your thoughts on films and what have you uh, max's choice of films uh, can be found now in the episode notes and also you can find them on our website stalbanspodcast.com thank you max and uh, chris aikman is back next week with more film guide we'll see you then take care bye